Welcome to Season 7 of The Wonderland. This is Episode 99, and while that is a super cool number, we're not going to get too excited just yet, as I'm sure you will all understand, given that our big milestone is the next episode. Right? Right. I'm glad you're all with me on that one. But yes, 99. Now that number brings to mind, uh, I don't know, Luft Balloons, Wayne Gretzky, and possibly a Prince song. So, yeah, there you go. Moving right along, though, there is a huge difference between difficult and apparently difficult, isn't there? Like, I'm sure we've all heard the expression, that must be a difficult job. And what's amusing, to me anyway, is that whatever task is being commented on is nowhere near as difficult for the person performing it than it might seem to the person commenting on it. I'm actually in awe of pretty much anyone doing something I can't do. And it doesn't need to be rocket science, Olympic-level gymnastics, or architecture. I just think it's great to see someone doing anything well, especially when it looks effortless. And to me, that's another skill in itself. And that's the subject that I would like to ruminate on in today's edition of Theory Time. Yo, you can't know what you can't know. I'm going to tell you what I think I know. And I know what I know. This is what I know. Theory Time. And welcome to Theory Time. I've always harboured in my mind the possibly somewhat naive theory that everybody is good at something. The tragedy is, of course, that most of us will probably never find out what that thing is, mostly because either we don't believe it or we can't be asked searching for it or even being open to it. Sad, but true. It also follows, in my mind at least, that that particular something would be something one really loves doing, because I can't see how anyone could truly excel at something they hated. Right? Then again... I suppose there have been people throughout history who've, I don't know, had a job they've been very efficient at, which they haven't exactly loved, such as being an executioner or an IRS auditor, but that's not quite the same thing. That something must also, I believe, involve a heart and soul connection, because to a certain extent it becomes a part of you, which is a mixed blessing at times, but mostly positive. And what's really interesting about people who are successful at one thing or another is that a great many of them often have trouble dealing with praise. And to me, being dismissive of recognition for what one is good at seems a bit counterintuitive because I think it's nice to get and I think it's hugely motivating as well. But maybe it's a double-edged sword because there's also the risk that we might get complacent and feel we can just keep doing exactly the same thing in exactly the same way again and again and again forever, and that'll be enough. And maybe it will, and maybe it won't. So one of the things I find super interesting about performing music is that I'm super self-critical and get bored with myself easily. Now that sounds kind of negative, I know, but it does seem to provide insurance against what I call autopilot mode, where you find yourself just going through the motions to get to the end of the gig in one piece. 
I don't think this is just true of working as an entertainer either. I think it could be true of any job. Hmm. Anyway, is it a bad thing if you haven't found that dream vocation? Well, no, I don't think so. Because I also believe that we live the best life we can out of whatever our choices and possibilities are at any given time, and that will always be enough. But in the meantime, it's good to keep your options open, because that allows the chances to find you. Thing is, I've done a whole bunch of very different things since leaving school and before becoming a full-time musician, and there is no way I could ever have imagined that I'd find something I could make a living from and still love doing 35 years later. And so there goes your proof. This is what I know. Theory time. And that's it for today's rather encouraging edition of Theory Time. Speaking of time, it's now time for our next regular segment. And if you are a regular listener, you'll already know what that is. And if you don't, it's Song of the Day. Now, today's featured track is one from The Mergers, a band which has figured prominently on the show for the last couple of years. And today we're going to listen to a cut from their 2016 album, With a Carrot and a Stick. And this one's called Achilles Heel.
that's Achilles Heel from The Mergers. Not to be mistaken for Achilles Healy, which could be my nickname because I tend to repeat my mistakes. The good ones, anyway. One of the best mistakes I've made, though, in recent times might be our next segment. So, without any further ado or second guessing, I give you... Good Times with Big Jeff and Little Kev. Well, Kevin, 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 Jeff. Kevin. Gee, yeah, hello. Kev, hey, man. Hey, that was like a digital silence. That was like, uh, you know, letting everybody know that something's going to happen. So what's going to happen, Jeff? What's going to happen? What? Well, if you can't have a digital silence, Kevin, I'd like to know what it is that you can have. Exactly. You know, it's like, it's like yeah. being in space, but not. It's very, very silent. You're lost in space, but you suspect that you're actually not that lost, but you pretend that you are because it's more interesting, right? Mm, yes, indeed. I do that all the time in reverse. Now, Kev, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty good. I feel so refreshed after the a bit of a break that we had. You know, I feel like I almost went on holiday, but I actually didn't. But it gave me that feeling. Well, uh, yeah, because, you know, we obviously, you know, sent your holiday pay to you, which you wouldn't have noticed because it was a big fat yeah. zero. Yeah, why is um, that? But we do appreciate you coming back. Well, because we, because we're, that's because that's the way we roll, Kev. It's like we, Wonderland. We, Yeah, we, we, here at Wonderland Studios, we, you know, on a zillion dollar budget, uh, we can't <laughs> afford to pay our employees. That's why we have a zillion dollars, you see. It's, are, are you a we? Do, do you, do you? Are, are you a we now? Is it is it more than you? Well, you know, we're not going to go down that road, are we? Let's not go down that road because I've had enough water for this okay. morning. So let's not talk about that. <laughs> Kev, I've got a concept. I've got a concept that I want to share with you. All right. So why? Now, why, Jeff? Okay. Why? Well, you'll find out. Now, Kev, <clears throat> the other day my sister's packing for an overseas trip, and it's a trip to Nepal, which I said was an appalling decision. <laughs> <laughs> See, somebody, somebody. No, that's really good. I knew somebody would laugh at it. Thank you, Kev. Thank you very much. That's really Beetle good. Thursday. Thank you, buddy. Anyway, so she's she's sitting on the floor, as you do, <laughs> surrounded by all sorts of stuff that she's got to take and trying not to pack anything she doesn't need. And she says, well, I've got my first aid here, first aid little first aid kit. And I said, hang on a minute. I said, what about her second aid? This is exactly what I wanted to bring up, Kevin. What about second aid? Yeah. Now, I want you, Kevin, to define second aid as opposed to first aid. Over to you, Kev. <laughs> okay, <laughs> second aid is what happens when uh, a person who's supposed to give you first aid is late. Oh, this is good. Okay, continue. I'm, I'm liking where this is going. Yeah. So imagine you're in a horrific car crash and you're, you're right. laying bloodied with like, you know, with <laughs> limbs all over the place. <laughs> okay. Right? Okay. okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah, and yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. you're yelling at the top of your very weak voice, help, I need first aid. And there's a guy running. Doesn't sound like yelling, but okay. There's a, I, I know, but it's yelling at that, at that point. So there's a guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's yes. just imagine he's yelling. I need first aid. Right. <clears throat> and. Right. Running, running, running down the hill to, to 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 get to the person who needs the help is a guy, and he trips. Of course, of course, he trips, and he becomes he becomes disabled by by whatever by hurting himself. Oh. And so then there's a second person coming, right, 
who's going to provide the, set, the, the first aid for the first aid person who wasn't able to make it. So that makes it a second aid. Oh, that's Jeff. good. Kevin, look. I, does that make sense? It does. It does. And I would like to applaud you for your... Can we edit that? Well, no. No, because I think it's perfect the way it is. But here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing, Kevin. I love that because it's a different take on my take. Now, would you like to hear my take on second aid? Sure, I'd like to hear your second take on your first take. Uh, oh, hang on. Okay, okay, I'll give you both. First of all, first aid, you know, stuff like bandages, band-aids, salves, you know, creams, whatever, maybe some mm-hmm. Panadol, mm-hmm. some some like tablets of various descriptions and maybe some uh, liquids which we won't go into. All right, so that's your first aid, okay? Now, second uh-huh. aid would be, it's quite simple, it's... um hip flask of whiskey that's your second aid oh that's if the first aid doesn't work because the first aid's not working so you think i I need something else hey let me let's get the grog so you've got the interesting yeah so you've got the whiskey and you might even have some illicit um substances for example some uh, you maybe you've stolen some of your girlfriend's uh cbd oil or something like that you know and you think well just in case you know Ah. right you with me just in case just in case right so but that's second aid that's my idea of second aid, which I think is an interesting counterpoint to your definition of second aid, which is very legitimate. So, well, so so for instance, you could go to any city in the world uh, and go into a bar and say, I'd like some second aid, please. Yes. And they say, wouldn't you prefer lemonade? <laughs> no, no. If I no. wanted that, I could get my daughter to make it for me that's and ex- sell it to me for 10 cents that's exactly, on the sidewalk. That's exactly right, Kevin. And I love that way you're thinking there. You're going right to the source of the problem. And this is why, folks, never use lemonade as a life-saving device because, no, Kevin will talk you out of it. <laughs> He'll bring his daughter into it, and she's off on a motorcycle anyway. So, you know, that's not going to happen. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Now... Right. While we're on the subject of, of, of aid of various types, I would like to introduce to you, Kevin, uh, the concept of third aid. Now, if there was a Is third aid, tell me what you think a third aid would be. Oh, why do I have to do this, Jeff? I just had one cup of coffee so far today. A third yeah, well, <clears throat> third mm, aid. Okay. Is that what happens mm. in... Is that what happens in third world countries? Is that... Is that it's uh, like third, ooh. World, third aid? Oh. Third aid? Or is that it, that it big could, music it, thing that happened in the 80s? You know, everybody yeah, no, went that was to Bob, big concerts, the third aid, that was, third aid concerts. That was Bob Geldof. Bob they, Geldof. He yeah. was third aid. Yeah. He, he was third aid. Okay. Yeah. 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 Third aid, band aid, third aid. Same deal. Right. Well, here's my, would you like to hear my definition of third aid? Oh my God. We're already over six minutes, Jeff. Yeah, go ahead. I yeah. know. Well, that's okay. That's okay. Okay. Um, death. Cyanide capsule. Just bite down on third aid because the first and the second didn't work. Thank there you very is. much. And thanks for coming. There it is. <laughs> Good times with Big Jeff and Little Kev. And there you have it. More evidence, as if anybody really needed it, that Little Kev and myself should probably be locked up. Unless that happens within the next two weeks. Of course, we will be back on the next episode of The Wonderland with another edition of Good Times. I remember years ago when I was a journalist in Australia... I received a piece of advice considered to be an essential cornerstone of all good news reporting, and that is, never assume anything. And it is with that thought in mind, folks, that I would like us now to take a trip out into the forest of our minds, to the farmyard of our imaginations, or even the petting zoo 
of our particular ponderances as we immerse ourselves once again in Jeff's Thought of the Day. Welcome to Thought of the Day. You've all heard the expression, I'm quite sure, happy as a pig in mud. Yeah, well, you have now, so sit down and shut up. (sighs) Sorry about that. There's always one, isn't there? Anyway, look, my thought for today is actually a question. And that question is, are pigs in mud actually happy? Or are we just assuming that they're happy because the idea of being in mud with no clear agenda, as in being allowed to be in mud and do pretty much whatever you want to do, seems to us like a pretty fun thing to do, maybe? Yes, you know, I think we are assuming that. And frankly, folks, I'm not sure that we're qualified to assume what constitutes fun for pigs. In an attempt to do so, however, I found myself doing a little bit of soul searching. For example, I asked myself, would I like to be in mud thrashing around? Well, actually, no, I don't think I would. So how can I reasonably assume that the pig is happy doing it when I know that I clearly would not be happy doing it myself? Now, I know that there are more than a few women out there who will tell you that all men are pigs. But I beg to differ, because I don't believe that even the most uncultured chauvinistic male can relate to the porcine mentality sufficiently in order to fully empathise with the enjoyment criteria of that particular species. I think we need to consider that the pig is in the mud simply because there are lack of options open to it regarding activities other than, you know, those directly related to survival, on top of which mud is readily available. And it's not like even the most domesticated and well-groomed pig can go to the cinema, you know, go out to a restaurant, the golf course for a quick nine rounds, run for president. Uh, Actually, they can do that or meet friends for coffee. And it isn't like we can interview the pig and ask this question because clearly human-pig communication has not yet reached that level. And when it does, if the answer turns out to be that being in mud is right up there with the absolute top priorities of every pig on the planet, I will personally apologise to each and every one of you and also to the piggies concerned. So up until that time, I would like to see some kind of well-thought-out playground equipment provided for pigs in captivity as part of a mandatory animal welfare legislation and a ban put on the use of all expressions regarding pigs in mud and the supposed level of enjoyment involved. At least in Germany, because given the amount of pork we eat in this country, I think it's the least we can do. I think, I think it was the thought of the day. And that's it for today's tasty edition of Thought of the Day and also this episode of The Wonderland. Thanks for joining us and if you've enjoyed today's show, please do spread the word and leave us a rating. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do so at jeffswonderland at yahoo.com. Meanwhile, I'm off to do something even less productive than this. And I'm looking forward to talking at you all once again in two weeks' time.
on the next gently explosive episode of The Wonderland. Gotta get back to Jeff's Wonderland. Wonderland.